0: Hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics. And on a Friday afternoon, wrapping up the trading week, although you see a headline that I made tonight's theme, not just because of the particular headline, but just that you see more and more headlines like this popping up, which we've talked about quite a bit on the show over the past year, where once the price starts going up, then you're going to get more attention. Then you get more attention, which has led to increased investment demand, whether that's in bullion or now we're seeing it even more in the silver equities. So uh, we'll get back to that article in a second. Although real quick, tonight's video is sponsored by Visla Resources that you may have seen a couple of weeks ago on the show. Um, who has been out targeting, becoming a high grade silver producer in Mexico. In fact, let us hear it directly from Michael real quick here. Vizsla has consolidated an entire uh, Precious Metals district uh, with with multiple producing centers in in Southern Sinaloa, Mexico. And the goal is essentially to become Mexico's newest high grade silver producer. So that was about two weeks ago. And I'd say (laughs) the time in between then, off to a good start. Uh, they've had some great drill results. Here's the one-year chart on Visla. So you can see it has been quite a good time. June 19th, they were at 31 cents. So it's gone up quite a bit, um, but just a stock that you are going to be hearing a lot about if you're in the silver space going forward. And here, as you can see, a lot of the stocks having a positive day. Silver up a little bit. Uh, let's pull up silver's price here. So interesting to see silver close on the higher end, not reaching the high of Wednesday, where we see a close of 1943 there, silver closing on the Kitco chart at 1932. So close to the high end, but to the degree that as a silver investor, you've become quite accustomed to seeing the price get absolutely slaughtered towards the end of some of these trading days usually it's drifting down more like the red chart so um and again it's interesting gee it was last september when silver got over 19 dollars, and then got hammered down and you know and here almost a year has gone by as we're in are we really in late july yet july 17th so maybe that's mid mid july still but i guess a few more days will be late july and Will silver get through 20 this time? Certainly a lot has changed in the world since then. Um, And as we'll go back to our featured article here today, um, just a few thoughts before we dig into what Adam Hamilton has here. But obviously you hear Andy Schectman on the show each week. He talks about the retail demand, which has certainly come in and settled down quite a bit from what we saw in March, April when uh, everyone, and you saw we had bullion dealers from around the globe coming on the show, um, frequently commenting on the surge in demand. Still demand, I would say, is strong, uh, coming a little bit, but again, you have the SLV numbers, now we have the COMEX numbers, so, uh, and as Adam here writes, silver investment demand is exploding, stock traders have flooded into SLV shares, um the resulting enormous slv holding builds are unprecedented um i mean he's quite correct and when you look at just how much has gone in let me back this out a little bit are we let's go to the two year monthly again you can see the amount of metal actually we'll go a little farther back so you can see how this has really gone vertical here So it's almost surprising, see, look, you had the, (laughs) here we are in 2016 when price gets above $20 and you have, let's call it 900 million ounces now at 1372. So you've basically added 50% more metal into the trust. um, And somehow the price is actually a little bit lower That's why I think you have the coiled spring effect because, at I mean, between this and what you see on the COMEX, it's, I mean, these are historic amounts. This blows away what happened, even what the Hunt brothers did. The Hunt brothers didn't have this much silver. Warren Buffett didn't have 300 million ounces of silver. And... and uh one month on the comex there what they uh we'll get to them in a second i think it's up to close to all right here's our (laughs) look at those platinum numbers that one keeps growing another 286 in there yesterday uh and where is silver silver is climbing up there was 13,000 then another 2,000 almost this week so uh, 15,000 if you call that so to be about seventy-two to seventy-three million ounces. Um, so yeah, it's it's almost incredible that the price is not almost. It's stunning that you could have that much metal requested, and the price be below twenty dollars. Um, here, Adam talks about silver demand exploding, and if we saw what happened last time during COVID, and I got an alert on my phone today, a statewide mask policy in Colorado. Um, I don't know the exact details of what that entails, but, you know, if we're keep heading back that way and, uh, the headlines are indicating as such, again, I take headlines with a grain of salt as uh, (laughs) 41 and a half years of realizing they are not always how things are going, but in either case, um, the Fed's still printing, uh, I don't really see what's going to change this and before we dive, delve into silver's exploding demand realize they reveal how unusually strong silver's price action has been Um, it's so fascinating reading these different articles where you know everyone has their different perspective and not to say mine is right I mean I've presented my best case it's in you know the book and what we talk about here each night um, <clears throat> But I mean, people analyzing when silver goes from 20 to 22, if that was, and to me, it's just so disconnected from everything that's going on. And I think without that paper influence from the banks, uh, obviously the price would be substantially higher. So, you know, it's really, that's why it's it's weird. It's like what analysis, uh, you know, because demand went up or the supply went down, never really explained any of the uh things that were going on but again i see it as a positive just that you see more people digging in um and that's saying a lot back in the spring of 2011 silver sword parabolic um uh, in one of the violent crazy lucrative manias this medal is famous for is interesting and as you'll hear on this weekend's episodes uh I think I ran it by both Dave Kranzler and Andy Sheckman. Uh, we've seen silver go to $50 twice. And there's certainly banking and regulatory fingerprints. I mean, it doesn't... If there's ever been a market that has not perhaps ever responded to true supply and demand fundamentals, you would think silver would be it. And... I've wondered if what we saw back in 2011, given the context, I mean, it wasn't, again, just out of left field. This was following QE2. This was following the U.S. blowing through the debt ceiling, getting downgraded by S&P. And I wonder if the dollar was close to going off the tracks back in 2011. I mean, not that that has to be the way this goes down, but it's always historically been... You know, when gold and silver starts skyrocketing, that's when people notice things are off. My best guess is that that was on some degree happening in 2011 and smashing the metals, killing the interest, bought a bit more time. Although I think we're finally back here in 2020. Um, whether we get... I'm going to guess we make it into the upper 20s this year. Uh, and we'll see, you know, um, whether it's this year. I mean, but I think we're going to break through 20. To me, it seems like there's just so much pressure right now that it will be hard to keep it below 20, which is not to say that's going to happen next week, and if we go back down into 18s or even 17s, um, would it be surprised? But, again, nothing – I mean, maybe the best thing would be to to take a nap for (laughs) two or three years, um, because nothing in the long term has changed. So while it can be fun and interesting to follow and do a show about the details, um, I find the uh, more and more my approach is to leave things there, do as little as possible. Usually that works out pretty well. So, anyway, again, uh, some quick look at here's the silver deliveries again, up to almost 15,000. Will be interesting to see what September holds. Gold, uh guess we are about two weeks away. A little under two weeks, we'll start getting a better idea of the August gold numbers. We'll keep you posted there. Oh, yes, the last thing I wanted to dig into here. The platinum number is getting pretty big, <laughs> uh, which again is not to say that metal is leaving the building, but... Uh, last week or weekend, was like about twenty five hundred. So this one it keeps growing, and you can see. I mean, two months ago they had eight, eight contracts delivered, and this month it's up to thirty four ten. And there's not a big platinum supply out there. So again, real quick look at the price. Let's call it nineteen thirty five ish on the Kitco for silver, gold finishing above eighteen hundred flatlining at the end of the day and uh, so rally in the metals and a lot of attention being focused on the metals which perhaps in our parting thought of the day here should it matter what attention is being focused on versus the fundamentals maybe it should or shouldn't but certainly as we've seen through at least my lifetime with dot-com bubbles and mortgage bubbles and everything else that Investor psychology does play into these things, so anything you're thinking about, a lot of other people are thinking about, and all gets baked in there, Um, but I guess that's why it is fun to follow the markets, Um, and to me, I think it's a great time if you can stay for the long term, uh, makes things easy, but by all means, as always, do what feels right to you. And again, uh, just before we wrap up, this episode, as I mentioned, was sponsored by Bisla, And to find out more about them, there is a video coming your way now.